When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hannibal, nothing personal word of the day is Hannibal, as in Hannibal from the A-team, who loves it when a plan comes together. That was his line. He was on the A-team with Murdoch and Mr. T. It's a great show from the 80s. If you've never seen it, it was a movie as well, but George Pappard was not in the movie. He played Hannibal, and his line was, I love it when a good plan comes together, or I love it when a plan comes together. Baseball had a plan. It was a good plan. The plan was that there would be a Yankees-Red Sox game alone as the only game on the slate the day before the end of the All-Star break. All-Star breaks are very important to players. They're very tired. They want to be with their family. They want to be with themselves. They want to party. They want to relax. They want to sleep in. They want to do what they want to do, go somewhere. They want to do that instead of playing in the damn All-Star game, which we, you know my view of that baseball wants to take advantage in theory of the fact that in normal times the calendar is very very quiet in july very quiet so baseball said hey we have an idea instead of having the all-star break from sunday to friday we're going to call on two teams to play on thursday They go to the union. The union says no. Baseball says yes. The union says no. They fight. They come to a solution. Okay, you can have one game. And we will rotate teams. Because players are annoyed at that change. So when you have an all-star break that ends on Friday, like most teams, here's the schedule. You have your last game Sunday. The players disperse. Monday, they're away. Tuesday, they're away. And before the players leave on Sunday, you give them the schedule. Let's pretend that you start your second half on the road on Friday, and you're a Miami team, and you start in Atlanta. That means you are going to travel on Thursday, and you are going to have a workout on Wednesday at your home ballpark. And then players say, I don't want to do that because that's in the middle of my break and I'm going to be away. I'll meet you. I'll meet you at your road game. And we never used to allow that. And then the union said, well, you really have to allow that. And we said, all right, fine. Players can join us if they want. You can skip the workout. We'll make it optional. We had to make it optional, even though it used to be required. Because baseball is a game of rhythm. And when you take five days off, it has an impact. So. The Yankees and Red Sox had to do everything a day earlier. Boston had to fly to New York, and they do fly. They don't drive. They don't bus. They don't train. They flew to New York Wednesday, check in the hotel, Wednesday night sleep, Thursday night get ready to play. Everything's fine. People are driving to the game. 
They're on the Long Island Expressway. They're on the FDR. They're on the West Side Highway. They're on the Major Deegan. They're super pumped for Yankees, Red Sox. The players are despondent beyond repair. Everything's good. Get ready to play. John Fogarty is singing center field. Put me in, coach. And then all of a sudden, the great plan of Major League Baseball gets completely screwed. And the reason it gets screwed is COVID. Now, COVID's done a lot of screwing. We know that. Obviously, the death toll, the misery, the pain, etc. I don't want to understate it. I don't want to overstate it. I want to say that we've never had anything like this in our lifetime, ever, right? We know this. So there's still testing going on, even though half the country's done with COVID. It's done. No worries. Delta variant. I got the United variant. What is that? The American variant? I thought this disease started in China. People are just talking out of their keisters. COVID is still around. There's a vaccination. If you get vaccinated, what you're supposed to accomplish with your vaccination is that if you get COVID-19, you will be either asymptomatic or if you do have symptoms, they will not be deadly or require hospitalization. Then new variants came and now they're saying to A, do we need a booster? People are saying a booster, that's only for big pharma to get rich. Is that what you say when you have a headache after you've had too much to drink, that big pharma put Advil in your head, even though Advil doesn't help, even though Advil does help? Do you think it only helps because Big Pharma wants to make money? Do you think Big Pharma, oh, I know, Big Pharma and the alcohol companies are in cahoots. GMAB, get vaccinated. Will it guarantee success? No. Aaron Judge, uh-oh. Kyle Higashoka, uh-oh. Gio Urshela, ruh-roh. The Yankees have an outbreak. The game gets canceled because of COVID out of an abundance of caution. That word's back. So sick of that word from last March and then last season in the bubble, out of the bubble, baseball. We're going to postpone. We're going to cancel. Then we're going to have seven inning double headers. The second part of the season, haha, if you listened and watched yesterday's show, the second part of the season was due to start with the Yankees Red Sox. Every star was aligned, a huge series for the Yankees. And then it's gone. And here's the problem Aaron Judge tests negative all throughout the All Star festivities. He was an All Star. And then he gets back to New York and tests positive. Aaron Judge was hanging out with everyone in the American League. That means there are 13 teams who are in COVID protocol right now. And that's assuming that Aaron Judge did not spit on Freddie Freeman when he was on first base, but it was only a pitch. And then Aaron Judge went to third base on a base hit by somebody else. I can't even remember. Do you remember when Freddie Freeman was mic'd up and was talking to Aaron Judge and said, oh my God, I'm short, but we both have good teeth, which I thought was awkward. And then Judge ends up on third, talking to the third base coach, who I assume was not a Yankees third base coach. In any case, he must have been with the dot with the uh, with the Rays. So cut to 13 teams right now are being tested. And if there is an outbreak, the All-Star game could be known as the great super spreader event of our time in sports. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the slate will be full this evening. But I want to know if anyone is paying attention. Anyone? Coca is definitely not. It's Friday. Coca prepares for the show with me and then disappears because it's Friday. You can't work five days a week. 
Hey, Coca, today's four days a week, by the way. Today's your Thursday because of what happened on your Monday, which people don't remember because we've done four shows since then. But I remember as I was sitting here waiting to record and you were gone. I said 13, Coca, 13. Anybody? Bueller? Guess what team was not represented in the American League clubhouse? Remember? The Astros. The Astros are the only team safe from COVID. That makes me laugh. Let's see what happens today. So many people vaccinated, still getting it. Players, you know, players are in trouble, right? Because they're being tested in a way that we're not at CBS because I'm here, not in the studio. I'm not getting tested. I don't need to. I had COVID and I have, and I'm fully vaccinated. I guess I could get tested if I ever feel like crap, which I do right now, but I don't think it's COVID related. Anyone have Advil? Criminy. So players are getting tested because of these protocols. What about players going to the Olympics? They're getting tested before they can go to Tokyo. Can you imagine your whole life wanting to prepare? It's not the case with the professional athletes who go, like Bradley Beal, who is in COVID protocol, so now he's off the team. He can't go to... Tokyo, Trey Young wants to get on the team. He may not be on the team. He tweeted about being on the team, wanting to be on the team. He tweeted about Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas was kept off the dream team in 92 by Jordan. So we learned in the last dance during COVID documentary. Trey Young is channeling Isaiah Thomas. Does that mean that someone on the team doesn't want Trey Young on the team? And that's why Trey Young's not on the team. Will he now be on the team? Now that Bradley Beal's off the team. I don't know. I just know that it sucks, right? For a gymnast or for a pole vaulter or for a discus thrower or for a 100-meter breast stroker. Work your whole life to go to the Olympics and then you test positive on your way to Tokyo, which, by the way, is in a complete state of emergency. No fans allowed because COVID's rampant everywhere, but they don't want anyone from the U.S. to come in with COVID. God forbid. That'll do it. Life goes on. It's the weird part about life, isn't it? You can be surrounded by the worst tragedy ever. And the next day, the sun rises and you have to keep going. When you feel like you can't, you just have to. And that's life and death. That's not even sports. Sports goes on when there's injuries. It sucks when your best player gets injured. It really does. When you're the executive of a team and you get the call that your top pitcher has elbow soreness, forearm tightness. You just feel like crap. And the reason you do is you assume it's Tommy John. It normally is Tommy John. You know you're not going to see that person pitch. I remember getting the call on all the pitchers who've had Tommy John. You just, you remember them. Josh Johnson, Jose Fernandez. You just think to yourself, you know, are we going to be okay? Because we have to be. We have to pretend we're going to be. And do we have to invest more money in other players in order to be okay? We budget for injuries, but I, as a low revenue team, that's a dollar quote, used to be dollar loss. Coca, who's not here. Hello. That, that'll wake him up because I'm in his ear just like he's in mine. Coca, are you there? 
Do you know that you have such a following now, Coca, that obviously people don't know whether you're real or not. And I could be just talking to myself, but people feel badly that I was on your ass Monday for blowing off the show and being stuck in an airport for 70 hours. And they think that sometimes I don't speak too nicely when I try to wake you up in the middle of a show. What they don't realize is it's your job. It's my, what if I just went silent right now? <sighs> By the way, if only. So never budget to replace injured players if you're a low revenue team. You just can't. You just can't. You do a budget for disabledless players to replace them with minimum salary players. So when you have to replace an injured player with another player who's making money, you want the other team who's trading the player to you to pay that player's salary. And in return, you'll give better prospects. The Atlanta Braves lose Ronald Acuna to an injury. They lose Marcelo Zuna to likely suspension forever, which is hard to say and think about, but deserved. And they're not going to give up because they were picked by me to win the World Series. So they said, well, Samson picked us before the season. We might as well keep going. Let's keep going. We're going to need an outfielder here. We've got our GM who loves making the postseason very successful. Let's let him make some calls. Oh, wait a minute. We can't take on money. We're Liberty Media. We're a publicly traded company. We cannot take on. All right. We'll take on a little money. Just not a lot. Go out there and see who you can find. Hey, what about that guy on the Dodgers? He was really good. I saw him play. Hey, he's not on the Dodgers anymore. He's on the Cubs. Yeah, whatever. Just call and see if we can get that guy. He's only making four and a half million dollars. So the Braves call the Cubs and say, are you selling Jock Peterson by chance? What an unfortunate way to describe terms of people. Sorry, I don't mean that. Not selling Jock Peterson. Are you willing to trade Peterson to us so he can play outfield? By the way, would you pay his salary? Or do you want us to pay it? Well, that's really up to you, Mr. Ricketts. Well, I don't want to pay Peterson's salary. Make the Braves pay the salary. All right, we'll pay the salary, but then we're going to give you a Bryce Ball in return. He's a 24th round pick in single A. He's okay, and you can tell your fans that you're replacing Anthony Rizzo, which is horse hockey. Bryce Ball is not replacing Anthony Rizzo at first base, though Anthony Rizzo may certainly get traded. It's not a fire sale the Cubs are conducting. That's another mistake that people in Chicago are making, fans and media members alike. When you are not in the race and you are willing to not be delusional about that fact and you've got free agents to be, if you don't trade them, you are negligent. Fire sale, fire sale. I know fire sales. I've done a fire sale. It's simple. You put a sign on your phone. Please call me. Everyone available. Yeah, I know they're good and I know we could be good, but we're not keeping them because they're too expensive. It's not what the Cubs are doing. You don't fire sale a free agent to be. Stop it. And Jock Peterson's not going to help the Braves win the World Series. I'm not making that trade if I'm Atlanta. I'm not taking on a penny for Jock Peterson. Sexy name because he had a good run with the Dodgers. The Atlanta Braves did something very strange when they acquired him yesterday. They put out a release a full page long on this trade. We would only put full page releases out when we were making a move of substance. When we were trading away a player like in a fire sale, trust me, no press conference. We'd meet the media in a scrum scenario. When you sign a free agent, 
a big signing or trade for a guy who's famous, making a lot of money. Then you do the whole press conference. You do the whole uniform. We're happy to have you. When you trade the guys away, you get in the fetal position, suck your thumb, put your hands over your head, hope for the best, and only meet the media in a scrum situation. But the Braves put out a full release for a guy who's probably a sixth outfielder on a team that's decent, a starting outfielder on a team that's mediocre with no hope. Maybe the Braves are trading for him to try to see if they can go on a multi-week run. We did that, do an early trade, but July 15th is not early. An early deadline trade is when you get a guy in June and you say, let's see if we can go on a run and if not, we'll trade him again. We'll acquire him and then move him. You don't trade for a guy on July 15th with the thought that you're going to move him on July 30th, the trade deadline. You don't do that. Two weeks is not enough. You need a longer sample size to see if your team's going to respond to the great addition of Jock Peterson. We tried to add, we added Carlos Lee one year, Coca. I can't remember what year. And I can't remember. I just know that I met him for the first time in the clubhouse in Milwaukee. So for whatever reason, we were playing the Brewers, as I recall. Carlos Lee walks in, a monster of a man, 2012. Interesting. Why? Oh, I remember. You guys are funny. I got to do a side note, Coca, because I'm a little bothered. You guys all remember 2012 as the year that we were on the franchise, as the year that we signed Reyes and Burley and Bell, as the year when Ozzie Guillen went full loco on Fidel Castro. But you don't recall the fact that we were trying to win that year, that we were over our skis and payroll. We were well over $100 million. The attendance at Marlins Park was mediocre with occasional doses of crappiness. But we didn't want to give up. So around the deadline early, when was it, Coca? It must have been, it should have been a June trade, if my recollection is correct, because that would have made sense because we were going to acquire Carlos Lee because we wanted offense. Who doesn't? And I thought we'd acquire him with enough time to move him if it didn't work out. I actually have no recollection of Carlos Lee end of the season with us. We acquired him on July 4th. Were we in Milwaukee for July 4th? Is my memory totally screwed up, Coca? Whatever. Coca, I'm not upset with you about this. There's no way you knew that Carlos Lee was going to be in my head. I have not thought about Carlos Lee in almost 10 years. I am not a, uh, we were in Milwaukee. Interesting. Okay. I am not a, uh, you know, I'm not racist. You know, I'm not prejudiced. And uh, I, I'm fine with whatever body type you have, right? It's all good. I had never seen a player and I spoke to Carlos about this. He was not embarrassed about it. I'd never seen a player wear Spanx before. That was my first time I was introduced to Carlos, actually. He was half naked. What a great player and what an interesting, smart, funny guy. Had fun with him. I don't recall how long he was with us. I do know that we never were able to turn it around in 2012. Why were we talking about Carlos Lee? What was the reason? I don't even know. All right. I'm moving on because I'm completely blanked. Oh, making a push before the deadline. Correct. Thank you. That's what Atlanta is doing with Jock Peterson. We landed that plane. Now we're going to go to Minnesota. Fly that plane to Minnesota, baby. Get on Delta and let's go to Minneapolis. Before I go there, though, I'm going to have to talk about Chris Bryant because Coca asked me before the show to do it. 
And he wants me to explain to you that with Jock Peterson being traded by the Cubs, does that guarantee that Chris Bryant will be traded by the Cubs or Anthony Rizzo or Javier Baez? Because that is what is conventional wisdom by people in the media who have never run a team. Oh, you're trading Jock Peterson. The Cubs are open for business. That's not really how it works. The Cubs aren't going to give Bryant away. I would trade Chris Bryant because I know I'm not going to re-sign him if he were a Marlin. The Cubs are very unlikely to sign Bryant because of what he's going to ask for with his agent being Scott Boras. But what will be interesting to me is if someone offers up enough that gets the Cubs to release Bryant, their MVP and their World Series champion. There is emotion involved with Chris Bryant that is not involved with Jock Peterson, that is not involved with Craig Kimbrell, that is involved with Anthony Rizzo and Javier Baez. Hard to run a team when you're emotional. I didn't. No emotion at all. I'm only moving Chris Bryant, though, if I get back not just money, I need to save money and get players. And I'm not sure that Chris Bryant is going to get that in the market. It will be an interesting wait to see. That's for sure. But Atlanta's taking on money and the Cubs are shedding. That's for sure. In Minnesota, where the plane landed, can we move on to Minnesota now, Coca? Did I work that in? He's yelling at me. It's fried. Please don't yell so loud. Can you just whisper just a little bit? We're almost there. 25 more minutes, and then you can go full lover boy, okay? It's going to be the weekend. Today's Friday. Just another manic Friday. Word is out of Minnesota that the Twins are thinking of signing their superstar number one overall pick, Byron Buxton. Have you ever seen him play? He's fun to watch. The best place that you can see Buxton play is if you buy tickets to the training room. Some training rooms have windows on them. Sell seats. Watch him get worked on. The guy's on the injured list more than I'm in the bathroom. And believe me, with IBS, I'm there a lot. TMI, it's Friday. TGIF, don't care. Fast forward. Don't really fast forward because we pay attention to stats like that. What do the Twins do? Buxton's going to be a free agent after next year. They offered him $70 million. That is the rumor on the street. I have no sources. That's not me. I don't break stories. That's not me. But if that story is true, then the Minnesota Twins are loco. You're going to guarantee $70 million to a player that doesn't play ever. And here's why they did it. Because it's so sexy when your homegrown number one overall player does play and he's so good. And you don't want to admit the fact that the number one overall player who's so good when he does play doesn't play a lot because there's a chance that all the injuries will go away magically when he gets 70 million guaranteed dollars. And you don't want to be known as the team that didn't have a good first overall pick. Believe me, I've been there. I've seen it. Do you know that Buxton has played over a hundred games once in his whole career? And that's over a hundo. There's 162 games of baseball. And by the way, that stat, forget 2020. I don't think about 2020. I look at percentages of games, 100 over 162 is 10 sixteenths, right? It's five eighths. You with everyone good on the math? That's not enough. You can't get 70 million guaranteed playing five eighths of your games. It's not proper. 
So the twins are making him that offer, thinking that Buxton's going to say no to it. If I am Buxton's agent, I am signing that deal so fast. I don't care that media people are out there saying, hey, this guy stays healthy. He's going to get $150, $200 million. He could be George Springer. He's going to get more than $150. He'll be a year younger than Springer as a free agent after 22. If he has an agent who's worth his weight in gold, I think that's the wrong expression, Coca. Hello, anyone there? I need water. I can't think of the expression. Worth his weight in diamonds? God darn it. Whatever. If you're an agent and you actually care, you get him that $70 million and then Minnesota's totally screwed because they made the $70 million offer for him to say no to it. Remember, that's what the Marlins did with Charlie Marte. And then once he says no, then they could trade him. And this is the time to trade Buxton. He's injured right now. Shocking, shocking. But if he can actually get healthy, you trade him as soon as you can. I've learned this about injured players over the years because I want to tell myself that it's not the case. Hey, it's not going to happen anymore. We're good. No more injuries. Look, it's not his shoulder that's a problem. One day it's his knee, it's his foot, it's his thigh, it's his arm, it's his finger, it's his eyeball, it's his eyelash, it's his pinky. It's all different things. Therefore, that's just going to stop. It's not like he's got a chronic arthritic, arthritic hip. Yeah, that's what I told myself. It never works. Just FYI. Injured players are injured players because they get injured. People who have a propensity to get injured it doesn't just stop magically. It's magically delicious. That's what I would sing to myself when I was praying guys wouldn't get hurt. I love that little ditty. I think it's a uh, Lucky Charms commercial. As it stands, I was not allowed to eat Lucky Charms, so I don't eat sugar cereal because I wasn't allowed to eat sugar cereal. And uh, I just love the little, what is it called, Coca? A Sherlock? The, the guy who sort of jumps around. Anyway. Coca doesn't care. So let's watch what happens with Byron Buxton because here's what is going to happen. He's going to turn down the 70, thinking he's going to get 200, and Minnesota is going to be so thankful and lucky that he did. And they're going to swallow hard, and they're going to trade him. We'll see what happens. All right. Could you just tell me what the Lucky Charms guy is, Coca, before we go to break? I'm just asking. It's magically delicious. Is it called a guy who wears green? People paint tattoos of them on um, St. Patrick's Day when they're drinking. I cannot think of what that's called. His name is Lucky. I understand, but what is he? What is he? Oh, whatever, Coco. Oh, he's a leprechaun. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to yell it. All right. I couldn't think of it. I'm just a normal guy on a Friday trying to get some synapses. When we come back, we're going to switch tones for a minute because one of you, I get to watch a movie every day and you guys suggest movies to me. And I meant that guys, girls, them, theirs, he's, hers, him, she's, whatever. I like when you suggest movies to me. So thank you for doing that. I watched one and it's going to have a tiny bit of seriousness to it. But do come back, even though there's commercials, because it's a documentary you are going to want to see and you're not going to want to miss the picks of the weekend, are you? <laughs> not if you want to make some cash. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLERS. Never bet what you're not willing to lose. Only bet the amount that you're going to spend anyway going out to dinner and a movie with a date. That'd be my advice to you. Personal, personally, I'm 94 and 76 in my picks of the day, so that's not terrible. You're making money. Just never bet what you can't lose. Okay, ready? A Dangerous Son. We're going to talk about this movie for a bit. It's a documentary that I'd never heard of, and you, one of you listening and watching, and thank you for listening and watching. Time out. I forgot to do this. Express yourself. I'm not doing it today. What I am doing today is the podcast awards. It's on my Twitter, David P. Sampson. It's pinned, which means that it's the first tweet you see. And I'm going to keep it pinned for another, I don't know, a few days or a week. Uh, People's Choice Podcast Awards. We're up for it. Best male host. Yeah, shocking. We have a chance, right? Why not? I'm definitely male as of, yep. And um, People's Choice Sports as well. Just vote. You have to sign up. It'll take 60 seconds. There's a link on Twitter. There's no link on Instagram because I don't know how to do a link. People say link in bio, and I don't know what that means. So I don't know how to do that on, on Instagram. Why can't Instagram allow links in the body of what you post? Anybody? Anybody? Mark? Mark? So anyway, you had me watch a movie, which I'm thankful. You, you Twittered at me, and it's called A Dangerous Son. And you warned me that it was heavy. And you were right. A Dangerous Son is about kids with mental illness who are, have violent tendencies and what our country does for these kids. If you knew the lack of beds available for residential treatment for kids with mental illness, you'd be furious. I want to know why. This was asked in the documentary, and it's just a perfect question. When a kid has cancer or a kid has diabetes or a kid has a deformity, I'm number one in line. I want to do charity events. I want to give money. I want to give my time. I want to give memorabilia. I'm all in. Where is all of the money being raised to help kids with mental illness? What's the difference? Isn't it about time that we view mental illness the same as physical illness? And it is heartbreaking to watch the parents of these children blame themselves. You blame yourself when your kid has diabetes, not from eating Lucky Charms. Do you blame yourself when your kid gets cancer, God forbid, or has an accident? But these parents are shunned. They're looked at as though it's their problem. And we view mental illness as not a real issue even though every kid who's shooting up schools, they're mentally ill. And the parents are looked at as criminals as well. This movie talks about these parents and what they try to do for their children and how the state and the country does nothing. It is so upsetting to watch. So why am I having you do this? I'm not trying to create a bad moment for you. 
What I'm trying to do is create a little awareness of an issue that matters to me. And then you can decide with education whether this issue matters to you. And if you've got kids, it ought to matter. If you breathe, it ought to matter. I'm not telling you it, it should. I'm just saying if you breathe, it ought to matter. But when you watch a dangerous sun and you think to yourself, thank God it's not me. But what if it were? What if it becomes you? Isn't that the point of empathy? Isn't the point when we do things charitably or to help people who can't help themselves or to try to improve the life of someone else? Aren't we doing it as a way to say, thank God it's not us, but by the grace of God, it could be. Have you ever used that expression? Have you ever thanked God that you don't have something that someone else has and then you feel guilty about that fact, but then you revel in the fact because you get moments where you can forget about it. You can forget about life for a while, but the people who suffer from this, the families who suffer, they can never forget about it ever. It's there all day, every day. Please give an hour and 25 minutes of your time, 85 minutes to a dangerous son and decide for yourself whether or not mental illness ought to be treated the same as physical. Physical ailments are something in sports that we focus on, right? Because we don't want players to get hurt. And when players get hurt, then our, we think our team can't win. But if a player can play hurt, we don't care. And don't even talk to me about NFL players because you don't care. You don't care if your favorite player gets a concussion. You don't care what your favorite player happens to him at 55 or 60 years old. You don't care if your favorite player can't walk when he's 45. You don't care. I get it. You are all about now. I used to be a fan too. I don't care that players get concussions. They know going in. They know if they're going to be a professional athlete, they're not going to, they're going to need two new hips, two new knees, and that's how it goes. They made the choice to make a living that way. I'm in. I don't like people who make a choice to make a living like digging out asbestos and they're not told by a company that asbestos causes cancer, then they die of cancer. And they say, man, I didn't make that decision knowingly because I could have been digging trenches of crap like Andy Dufresne. Football players know that it's a dangerous sport, right? And injuries happen. We watch games. We have fantasy football. CBS is an entire network based on football and fantasy and gambling, right? You know that CBS Sports HQ, if you're not fantasizing about gambling, then you're not the target audience. <laughs> See how well I fit in there? I don't fantasize about gambling. I don't gamble about fantasies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm amusing myself. A story came out yesterday that caught my attention because it's not a small deal. Tom Brady, the untouchable. Not the intouchable, the untouchable. Tom Brady, the man, the goat. I'm in, right? He's got it all. Greatest of all time. He's 72 years old. He's still winning Super Bowls. He left the Patriots, goes to the Buccaneers, wins another Super Bowl. All's good in the world. Word comes out that he was playing last year with a broken, torn MCL, which is a ligament in your knee. Doesn't matter. It just hurts. And the way to make it not hurt is with drugs or surgery or rehab. Not for the drugs, for your MCL. But what was strange about it is the Buccaneers never said a word. That's against the rules. You have to disclose players' injuries. 
Why? Gambling. And this is before gambling was even a big deal. Now that gambling is such a big deal and everybody's doing it and the NFL is embracing it like the NBA, like Major League Baseball, you sure as hell better disclose injuries because if a point spread is done by the Vegas know-it-alls who get it right in a way that I can't figure out, how do they know how many rebounds Anton's going to get and do an over-under prop bet and get it right? By a half a rebound. How do they get an over-under in a game? Do they play the game 10,000 times on their simulation and they get the over-under within a, within a point? It's unbelievable they do that. I have great respect. That's quite a skill. Of course, we ignore all the times that they get it totally wrong and we focus on the times that they're totally right. But the point is they're making lines and then people are betting using those lines. And the NFL's job is to make sure that there's enough information out there that everyone has the same information so there's a level playing field. So there's no room for chicanery. There's no room for fraud. There's no room for Al Capone and his merry men band of henchmen. God, did I fumble that. His merry band of, I'm trying to channel, what's the, the Broadway show Coca. And that's a T it's Hugh Jackman. It's coming out. It was supposed to come out on Broadway. T stands for trouble. And he's, and he's marching music, man. Yes. That's not from you, Coca. By the way, I want to say to everybody that I came up with that on my own Coca, would you have come up with music, man? When I said T is for trouble, not a chance, right? Are you there? Hello? Done. Not done. Hello. Coca. Okay. What were we talking about? trouble. Oh, Al Capone, gambling. The NFL came out and said, we have no comment on this. How do you have no comment when you have a team that is now acknowledging that they had an injured player and did not disclose that injury? And that is in violation of a rule that you have NFL and you have to have because of gambling and you don't comment. Is that because of Tom Brady Parcheesi? How about some consistency? Yeah, whatever. It's not whatever. You all should be pissed. All you people fantasizing about gambling should be despondent right now. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. We're up to it. 94 and 76. We should be 95 and 76 because we had the Red Sox last night and the Red Sox won the game, even though it was not played. So I'm going to keep us at 94 and 76. Red Sox game was not played. If you bet on that game, I think you just get your money back. We've got three picks. We're going two best bet. Cut that, Coca. Wipe it. Wipe it clean. Ready? Back in 40, 69. We've got two baseball and one basketball pick for you this weekend. Get excited because there's a lot of sports on. How about all the crap you all give me about Chris Paddock? I've sort of had it with that. Remember we traded Chris Paddock to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, San, Diego, the San Diego, uh, what's their name? Padres? Hello. <laughs> Hello, my name is, hi, my name is David Sampson. I just opened my mouth and stuck my tongue out. That's how you know if you're having a stroke, by the way. You raise your left hand in the air. You say your name, hi, my name is David Sampson, and you smile, and then you stick your tongue out. If you can do all those things, you are not having a stroke. If I'm wrong, please tell me, all the doctors listening to the show, and I know there are many of you, because I know a lot of you offer to help me, and I do appreciate that, because I could use a little help from time to time. When you're a hypochondriac, you need help almost every day. But eventually, you've cried fire in a movie theater enough times that you can actually slice your toe off and no one cares. 
Raise your hand, smile. Hi, my name is David Sampson. All right, I'm good. I cannot tell you for the life of me. Oh, Chris Paddock traded him to the San Diego Padres. We got Rodney in 2016, who was an all-star that year. He hadn't given up a hit, and then he didn't get anyone out for us. And Chris Paddock goes to the Padres, and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's the number one starter. And we were like, we traded him saying he's about a four or five starter. And guess what? Our baseball people were right. Chris Paddock is nothing but a four or five or six starter at best. Where's all the people crying right now? Oh, you traded away a Cy Young guy. Opening day starter, Chris Paddock. Chris is a good guy. It's By the way, I couldn't be a number five starter. I'm not yucking on his yum. I'm just saying everyone needs to relax a little bit. What's the name of the guy who was just traded right now today? We talked about on the show, Coca. Bryce Ball. What if he turns into Adrian Gonzalez? He may. He may not. Anyway, the Nationals are playing the Padres. The Nationals are going to be underdogs to the Padres. The Nationals need to start winning games. The Mets could fold. They know that. The Braves have injuries, but they have Jock now, so they're okay. The Nats are saying, we got a chance. Well, it starts tonight. They beat Chris Paddock because people are not valuing Paddock the way he should be valued as a number five or number six or number seven starter. Take the Nationals. And then it's game five, NBA in Phoenix. We're going back to the desert Saturday night. We're going to go back in time. Devin Booker's not going to get six fouls. Giannis is going to play. The Suns are favored by four. It seems to be that whoever is at home is favored by four points. So are you going to take the home team or the road team? The home team has won every game so far. Let's stay with the trend as being our friend. I hate to do this to all the people out there in Milwaukee land. Suns minus four on Saturday. Series is not over because there's a game six coming up. But game five is Saturday. Suns minus four. Then we have the Marlins playing Sunday. I want to give some love to a player who I have given some not love to over the years. His name is Zach Wheeler. He signed a big deal with Philadelphia, and I thought it was a complete overpay. When Wheeler was on the Mets, he had moments of, of decentness, moments of greatness, and moments of terrible pitching. He has been an absolute gem for the Philadelphia 76ers this season. It's not the Philadelphia 76ers. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. He has been a gem. Zach Wheeler starts the second part of the major league season brought to you by Lone Depot Park with a game against the Marlins and the Phillies are going to win Sunday. His first start after the break comes Sunday. Take Zach Wheeler over the Marlins. Trust me, you will not be sorry. All right, in the remaining four minutes, I want to do a quick response because there's so many questions you guys ask. So you want to talk to Samson. Thank you. That's from Half-Baked the Movie. Watch it. You won't be sorry. I promise. Get into my Twitter, David P. Samson. Get into the DMs. Hi, David. Hello. Love the show. I was hoping to get your perspective on something that I think was always inevitable in the age of information and that we're seeing more and more of each day. Fan-run media. Love that. He mentions John Boy. It's a much longer question. We don't have a lot of time. So I want to get to the actual question. My question is, what do you perceive the role of fan media to be going forward? Would MLB benefit from collaborating more with the John Boys of the world, the fan medias? What about the major networks? All right, I want to talk to you about this because it's something that is near and dear to my heart. 
because ever since the advent of blogs, it started with blogs, people who just started a blog wanted to get media credentialed. A media credential is when you are an accredited member of the media. You've actually gone to journalism school. You're an actual writer who knows how to write complete sentences, three sentences to a paragraph. You know punctuation. You know which verb tense to use. You know pronouns. You are a professional and you get paid cash money to do your job. You then try to get credentialed and we will grant credentials almost to everyone who asks if we want to. You're in the clubhouse pre-COVID. You have access to our players. We make our players talk to you. All of a sudden, people without any training, without anything other than technological prowess and a good sense of humor, which, by the way, I'm loving both those things. Loving them. All the people right now on the InterGoogle who are cutting up videos, who are telling you what players are saying under their breath or over their breath, who are speculating about this and that, who have never done any of it, that just makes them sometimes a regular member of the media. They're commenting on whatever they want to comment on. They get thousands and millions and trillions of views and clicks and baits and visitors and uniques and this and that. I haven't figured out if they drive a nice car or live in a nice house, but that's for another minute. And they have asked every year, every month and every day to be accredited. They want to get the special pass that gets them into the clubhouse because 99% of them are JSs and I'm okay with it. Believe me, if you haven't met a JS, then you're not paying attention. Jock sniffer. It's a very unfortunate thing. Why would that be a great description? No one actually wants to smell an athlete's jock strap. I guess athletes are called jocks, but who smells them? That's strange. I don't, I'm not going to use that expression anymore. They want to just be around professional athletes for whatever reason, because I guess it can be cool. It is cool. Sometimes you're around them and you're like, wow, you're so talented. But I feel out of being around an executive of a financial services company. I feel excited being around people who are good at what they do. Professional athletes are the best at what they do. But the reason why they don't get accredited and the reason why networks don't work with them, the reason why the league isn't going to work with them, and that's your question, so you want to talk to Samson, is because where do you stop? Where does it stop? Do you only do it with the best of the best? And who decides your social media? Do you decide on hits? Do you think that that is bringing attention to your game in a positive way? And you want to be a part of that? You have to know when you're running a business that the best kind of publicity, the best way to grow your business is for people you don't pay, who are not paid to champion your brand. It is great for baseball that all these people are doing what they do. I love it all. But when it comes to the business of baseball, you cannot have anybody with a microphone, which can be everybody, walk into your clubhouse and have access to your team. It doesn't work that way. And that doesn't mean we don't like what they do. It means we want them to be independent of us. And I'm speaking on behalf of me and likely 29 other teams in baseball. Thank you for your question. I appreciate that. Well, that'll do it for another week of nothing personal. Remember, it's just business. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.